I live by this, this saying is, and I, I'm going to be teaching this to students, I said, we listen, but do we really hear? Mm-hmm. We look, but do we really see? Mm. And an artist does not just look or listen. They see and they hear. Mm. And that's the difference. Hi, I'm Eric Weir, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Stuttering Your Way to Success. Today, my guest is Bert Hess. <laughs> great, great having you on, Bert. Thank you. So, so Bert is an artist. He's a mm-hmm. filmmaker. He mm-hmm. is actually, I think you might call yourself a, a teacher, professor at the <laughs> Winthrop University Film School. What's going on at film school? Well, um, I, I've always been interested in film, and I've made several films, and I run a company called Studio South, which is in the film business. And, um, you know, at, at my age, I'm sort of looking like, you know, what's my legacy now? And right, I don't right. necessarily want uh, some of the horror movies that I've done <laughs> to be my legacy with my children or sure. posterity, right. even though they were nice films and well-received. So um, I'm talking with Winthrop University about developing an accredited film school on their campus. There are no accredited film schools in the state of South Carolina. Wow. And so whoever gets there first is going to have a lot easier road with the legislators and the money and the donors than someone who tries to then jump on the second cab. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's That's exciting. That's exciting. It is. It is. It's exciting because you're you're talking to young people, which, which... not in this case, Eric, but in most cases, I like to deal with younger people. <laughs> right, right, Because right, right. it's the older people that, yeah. you know, uh, they complain a lot about their none, health. None and, of them in trouble. None of them in trouble. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so it's fun dealing with younger kids. They got yeah. the bright eyes, but you have to sure. bring them down to reality, too, that, yeah. you know, life is tough and yeah. you're not going to get discovered on your couch, you know. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to having one foot continued in the industry right. because we have right. several film projects sure. and one foot in academia that uh, can show them what the real world is like. Right. Film projects. So, so what are you working on now? We've got several projects. One is called The Letter. Um, right. as, as I think you know, I started out in the horror business. Right. And I, I promised my wife because when her eyes rolled back, you know, when I said I want to be in the movie industry around 25 years ago, she goes, okay, I will let you be in the film industry right. under one condition. You don't do anything that embarrasses the family <laughs> name. And I go, I would never do that. Right, right, so right. So I started out with a, with a, a, a movie called a Cold Storage about a hermit who picks up a dead body and puts it in the freezer. And she goes, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. <laughs> Out of the gate. I got, I got, it's a love story. Right. Come on. How can of you not? Of course. Of course it know? is. Yeah, it was and, apparent. But it was, it was very <laughs> successful for Lionsgate. Right. And they loved it. And then they started asking for more gore and more stuff that I knew was going to get me in trouble with my wife. Right. So I said... <laughs> Guys, yeah, I'm out right. of the horror movie business. Then right. did some documentaries, which are really nice. So, yeah. but now we're really doing. I really would like to do some films. I th- that I think have some value to them long right. run. Right, right. And I know you have been very active in that kind of film and industry. And sure, sure. As we know, you know, film is the most uh, successful way to motivate someone, mm-hmm. inspire someone, change mm-hmm. someone's behavior. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we have uh, a project called The Letter, based mm-hmm. on a true story about mm-hmm. the shootings in Charleston, wow. South Carolina, when a white supremacist walked in and basically murdered nine African-American uh, Bible study 
mm. um, you know, students. And, you know, the thing is, at that period of time, there was a lot of racial tension, which there is now, um, but it was really building to a big crescendo to mm. the point where if, um, if, a, if a black person was roughed up by a, a white person or anything happened, then, you know, bricks would be thrown through glass mm -hmm. windows and fires would be started. And, mm. and, you know, there was a lot of anger and there was, you know, a lot of righteous anger, I think, also about what was going on. Mm. Well, here you have Charleston, South Carolina, mm -hmm. the, the hub of slavery, basically, mm -hmm. was right. a major slave port. Um, nine black Sunday school people are executed in a church mm. by a white supremacist. And what happened in Charleston? Nothing. Hmm. There was not one brick thrown through a window, wow. not one fire started. It was because of a minister named Anthony Thompson, who we're hmm. basing our movie on, he convinced people that forgiveness was a way to move forward. Wow. And his wife, uh, Myra Thompson, was actually teaching that Sunday school class that, Sunday, that Wednesday wow. night, and she had eight bullets in her. And so um, it's a great story about forgiveness, about love, um, and, but it's about really a letter that he wrote. The murderer took him three years to write this letter. Wow. It's an 11-page letter, and it lays out everything that we want laid out in this movie about uh, that event. Mm. He doesn't, he forgives the murderer. He doesn't forget what happened, mm -hmm. but he said, when I asked Anthony, I said, why did you write this letter? Um, he said, it was for me. It wasn't for the person. Right. And he doesn't even think that uh, the murderer has actually read the letter, because he's mm -hmm. tried to reach out to him several times, and the murderer um, hasn't responded at all. But he says, letter writing is a cathartic experience for the letter writer, right. not necessarily for the person who's reading the it. Recipient, right, the recipient, yeah. the reader of the letter. So. Wow, that's... That's super powerful. Yeah, it, it really is. And we're trying to get, um, we're, we're trying to start more of a groundswell for getting back to letter writing, hmm. to actually writing a note. You know, mm -hmm. right now we get on our computer and we send somebody an emoji. Hey, Eric, you know, mm -hmm. thumbs up, you know, <laughs> right, it takes right. me. Two right. seconds to send right. it, right? Right, right, right. You know, I mean, we've gone from email emails right. to, you know, emojis. Right, that's true. And, and so, that's you know, true. letter writing is, is something that causes you to think, mm -hmm. causes you to organize your thoughts. Mm -hmm. It shows the person who receives that letter or that note that you actually took some time and thought sure. about it, right. put it in an envelope, stamped it, went to a mailbox, mm -hmm. mailed it, you know. So it, it's a lot more of a commitment to communicate with another human being than just... You know, sending someone a text or an mm. emoji. Mm. That's, so, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh, you're a man of many talents. Uh, tell me about your involvement with the U.S. National Whitewater, Whitewater Center. Center. <laughs> that seems like, honey, I've it's got a, another idea, a, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. this is a this real is not good film. One. This is I know, this, this is, is even and better. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're like landlocked too, right? <laughs> right, this is even better. Yeah, yeah, sure. so, yeah. so I was one of the founders of the U.S. National Whitewater Center, which is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Why not? Sure. I, I, yeah, yeah, why not Charlotte? Like, is there a pond in Charlotte yeah, somewhere? Yeah, there's a big pond. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were told by people that we were pitching it to, they said, well, you know, we already have Carowinds. 
Right. And it was like, well, this is not like the lazy river ride <laughs> where you sit in an inner tube with your drink that has a little umbrella in right, it. Right, right, right. This right. is a facility that before you are allowed to enter, you sign a waiver that if you die out there, you can't right. sue us. You can't sue us for that, right? <laughs> and so they go, oh, okay, well, that's pretty extreme. I go, yeah, it is. But we got laughed out of every corporate boardroom. Uh, uh, you know, they were like, oh, what are you guys It's hard not to laugh something? now. It's successful. I mean, yeah, what are, you guys, what are you guys smoking right. something? Right. Why, why do you want to do it? It wasn't football. It wasn't baseball. It wasn't basketball. It's, right. you know, and so we had to do some education about it. Right. Because people still from all over the world go to some of the rivers in North Carolina to Whitewater Rapid. Right. So it, there is a little connection there. Mm -hmm. But, um yeah, it was a hard sell. But now all those, <laughs> all those people that um, I mean, raising money for movies is I, difficult. I, I, yeah, what, that's right. What, what a sell Whitewater yeah, Center. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's the, the only the thing that makes that look easy. Wow. The, the worst part was, and my I can say this now, but we we had uh, hired a person to sort of like work full time for us mm -hmm. to really get this, and his name is Jeff Wise, and he's still there. He's still the director. Right. And and Jeff came to us and said, you know. Uh, I, I need some money to do this. You know, I can't do this for free all the time. So the three of us took out personal loan guarantees at the Bank of America. I didn't tell my wife because I know she would freak out. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I took out, I think it was like twenty five or $50,000 personal line of guarantee from the bank and mm -hmm. pledging my house as an <laughs> asset to it. It's like kept it in a drawer yeah. and, and, and everything you know, thank God, worked out. And then I showed her, <laughs> after it all worked out, I showed her it and I said, yeah, this doesn't affect us anymore. And she, and you know, yeah. had yeah. a lot of explaining to do yeah. after that one. <laughs> that would have been a tough one, but yeah. it, it worked out. And Why are we, why are we moving? Well, I know, why are we, <laughs> there's someone from the bank here. so big. Uh, <laughs> we don't really need this house. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about an RV trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's explore the world. <laughs> yeah. But it, it worked out and now right. it's, um, there's a lot of things going out. It's like most businesses, you start with a business plan or an idea. Right. And if it works out, 10 years down the road, you look back at that original plan and it was like, dude, you know, we would have never thought all this other stuff would have happened. And right. sometime you change. You know, right. We were strictly doing a facility for whitewater training and rafting mm -hmm. for the U.S. Olympic Committee. Mm -hmm. Now there's zip lines out there. Now there's bands that play on like Friday night and there's right. beer bus and there's trails and there's biking and right. hiking and right. all right. that. Right. Other, we never even thought of that stuff, right? you know, but it all evolved because the original right. kernel was successful. That's fantastic. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so let's talk about academics and, and AI. So, I mean, and AI <laughs> with, with, with film and media, what, what, what are your thoughts on AI? Well, that's, you know, that's what the strikes are about right now in right. Hollywood, right. you know, um, it, it, it like most things, there's not a, in my mind, there's not an easy answer to it. You know, people are saying, I created something out of my soul, my spirit, you know, put it there, and now you're going to take that image and duplicate it through a computer, and I'm not going to be compensated for mm -hmm. my image, my likeness. Mm -hmm. That's not right. Mm -hmm. um, so, but then you got the problem. Okay, what if you take that image? Mm -hmm. Let's say you. Mm -hmm. And so now we take that image. And we give you brown hair a little, and we change your nose and your ears and your eyes a little. Mm -hmm. It looks like you, but it's really not you. Mm -hmm. 
Do you get compensated for that? Well, okay. You know, so yeah. there's a lot of nuances there that mm -hmm. have not been worked out. Um, the other thing is I've talked to quite a few people that, from the writers and the actors that are on strike, and they all <laughs> agree on two things. One, the strikes will basically end before Christmas. Mm -hmm. They are all very positive about that. And two, nothing will change. Right. <laughs> the studios <laughs> will go back right. to not showing what's going on. Right. You know, they'll have two books. Their books, they show you as the actor that right. your movie that was the number one hit Didn't has never made money. any money it's yet. Still, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, right. it's still right. not right. making any money. Right. Uh, you know, and and so that's what's frustrating. But AI, to me, and some people in my company have been pushing AI, AI, and I'm not a. I see AI sort of as a a tool, not as an end. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the and I use this example of a Persian rug. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say this is Persian rug. A handmade Persian rug costs more than a machine-made Persian rug. Mm -hmm. A machine-made Persian rug is almost perfect. Mm -hmm. It has no flaws. Right. You know, it, it's really tight. Mm -hmm. The handmade Persian rug sometimes has flaws, doesn't last as long, wears mm -hmm. out. You know, so why is that rug more expensive than one you would buy than a machine-made? Mm-hmm. It's because it was made by a human being, mm -hmm. and we value the skill set and the artistic ability of humans mm -hmm. over the intellectual dots and dashes of right. a computer. Right. right. So I, I'm I'm still very optimistic about mm -hmm. human beings mm -hmm. in the creative industry mm -hmm. as opposed to machines, mm -hmm. you know, in that industry. Right. Um, so I'm not that terribly worried about it. Okay. We've raised a creative child, and you're a creative mm -hmm. person, so stuff mm -hmm. like that. So we'll we'll we'll, 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 we'll get to you, we'll talk about your son in just a minute. Okay. But if if you're listening to this today, the podcast, and you you, you want to be a creative, you want to be an actor, you want a filmmaker, right. a scriptwriter. I mean, it's it's a it can be very frustrating. I mean, how mm -hmm. do you get started? What do you do? Any any mm -hmm. words of wisdom for somebody looking to get started? Don't listen to people with gray hair. Okay. <laughs> or any, <laughs> or anyone any or anyone over forty, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. because you know my son Tyson, right? Uh, he was very uh, very artistic, right? Um, and that's all he wanted to do was draw, right? And we'd be in church and be drawing. We'd be he'd be at school and drawing. We get called from his teachers. Your, your child is disruptive. How is he disruptive? He's drawing, and all the kids want to just see what he's drawing. So. My wife had to homeschool him, and and he was very good at drawing. But I'm thinking because at that time I owned a technology company, so I was right. using the left side of my brain. Right. And I'm thinking, this kid's going to be in my basement when he's 40, <laughs> drawing <laughs> right. Sonic right, right, or right. caricatures at the fair. Right. You know. Right. 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 And how's he going to earn a living? Right. And so, but my wife was the one that was very encouraging. Right. And and said, don't worry about it, it will work out, and it did. Uh, and now he's the producer and head creative designer of Sonic the Hedgehog movies. I mean, he was drawing Sonic when he was uh, eight years old, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Billions of dollars of revenue in the, in the in these films. Jim Carrey loves them. Yes. Because the original Sonic, there's a great story behind that, but the original Sonic was a bust, was going to be a bust. Right. There were going to be picket lines outside the theater <laughs> because they didn't like the way Sonic looked. Right. And then they hired my son, and he brought in a team, and they right. redid right. the first Sonic, and it became a big hit. And then the second one was an even bigger hit, and now he's in London on Sonic 3 and Sonic 4. Man, that's exciting. That's so, exciting. You know, you, we always hear this follow your passion and other stuff, and, and which is great um, because life is short and you never know uh, how long we have on this planet. But I, as I'm, as I'm going to be teaching these film students at Winthrop, mm -hmm. the one thing I want to get across to them is creativity is a skill. Mm. You know, it, it's not necessarily a born trait. You know, okay. I, I don't think a, a artist, a musician, or anyone is just born. Very few, maybe a Mozart or something like that, but very few are born geniuses in that artistic field. Right. They take hours and hours. I, I look at Tyson, my son, the hours he spent drawing Sonic, drawing these other things, the hours, the hours. Mm. Yeah. You know, when, when kids were going out to football games and baseball games or whatever, he was drawing. Right, you know, but he right. loved that, and he right. didn't feel he was missing anything. So what I want to teach these film students is that, first of all, we all are artists, every one of us. You're mm. an artist, mm. I'm an artist, everyone's an artist, right? Mm. If, if you want to focus on a certain aspect of that art, you've got to develop that talent like Tiger Woods developed the talent for golf. Right, you know? right, right, right. And that's what's the problem with most wannabe artists. Mm -hmm. They don't want to put in those hours, those grueling hours of developing their mm. craft. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to tell these students is that, because they want to know how to make a good film. And I can say, okay, uh, I, if you want to know how to edit a film, light a film, block a film, shoot a scene, blah, 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 I can save you $25,000 on your tuition at Winthrop. Don't do it. Go to YouTube and watch YouTube videos because they'll tell right. you they'll You're tell you exactly how to do every one of those things right. by very accomplished people. Right, 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 but right. You have to look at the world as an artist, as a filmmaker, mm -hmm. and then you use those tools for that image that you've put into your mind. Um, so it all starts with creativity, and then using those tools to to create what you have in that mind. It's like if I if if you handed Steven Spielberg your cell phone to make a movie and you handed me the best cameras, mics, lighting, mm -hmm. da, 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 mm -hmm. all the way down, I can tell you who would make the better film. Spielberg on an iPhone. Right. As opposed I had all this great equipment right. and everything and and that doesn't right. make creativity. Right. Equipment does not make creativity. That's a good. Creativity yeah. is a human trait that right. if you develop it, you can you know go far long way with it. Absolutely, absolutely. So in, in our in our uh, podcast, Study Your Way of Success, one of the things we talk about is you know setbacks. To, mm -hmm. to my knowledge, I've never anybody who's experienced any level of success without you know corresponding setbacks. So are there any setbacks you could share with us? And then, and then maybe you know how it shaped you, or or what you learned through that setback. Oh yeah, I've had you know tons of setbacks. Um, 
I mean, my, my setback started early, <laughs> you know, from, from uh, I think it was third grade. Uh, they wanted to, at, at, this is a long time ago, back in the dark ages when I was right. in third grade, but they wanted to hold me back. This is when right. they held students back. So, right. you know, your, your child, we don't want to put them in the next grade. So that was going to be a setback. I didn't get held back, but that was a major setback. Right. It really didn't teach me much because <laughs> I really didn't care because I was, I was never, and as we talked briefly before this, I was never really an academic, which is funny now that I'm right. teaching at a university level. Right, right, right. But I don't think I really read an entire book until college. Right, You know? Right. Um, I be, when I was in high school, I was a athlete cut up, you know, type of guy, um, and I never forget my high school counselor, Mr. Twitty. It was his name. Wow. He said, "He's because my name is Herbert Hess, and so he called me Herb because Herb, you have four career choices after high school." I go, "Oh yeah, really? <laughs> what a, are they? Is choices? This, is, this yeah. is 1970, right? The war in <laughs> Vietnam is raging, right?" <laughs> And he goes, here, here are your four career choices, Herb. I go, okay, what are they? <laughs> Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. <laughs> I go, I'm a freaking pacifist, man. <laughs> I, go, I can't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was a, a setback for me. But then I went to a junior college yeah. and was even less academically <laughs> and got asked to leave. And the only way, you know, because we, we did some things that were wrong. Um, but the president of the junior college said, listen, I'm going to give you this diploma so you can graduate, but you have to guarantee that you never step foot back <laughs> on this campus. And if, oh, if you ever have children, they never come here too. <laughs> and so I go, I go, sure, okay, give me the diploma. Yeah. So I graduated from St. Petersburg Junior College with a point like one, one, or point zero, 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 one, went to the University of South Florida, and that's when, because back then, if you fogged up a mirror, you could get into college if right. you paid for it. Right, you know? right. So I went there, and then I really started saying, okay, Bert, okay, the 70s are over. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need to start thinking about, you know, life and what right. you want to do right. and how are you going to do it. Right. And, and so then I just started getting my act together. Right. And, and started studying. <laughs> you know, I still, I still, I think I'm a little dyslectic or something because yeah. I uh -huh. still have, I have to read things over and over and sure. over a lot of times. I just don't grasp them. Right. Um, but I graduated with a bachelor's degree in education okay. with a 4.0 average. Wow. I was an awarded a uh, scholarship for graduate school. No way. Went That's to, fantastic. Went to, got, received a master's degree in education and then was offered a full ride for a Ph.D., and I said, yeah, man, I'm tired of school. It's a long I way got, from I, Army. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I just, I didn't, I didn't go on for a PhD. But, you know, as we talked about AI, if you would have put my, from birth to St. Petersburg Junior College mm -hmm. into an AI computer mm -hmm. and said, what is the worth of this person going to be in society? It would have come back, <laughs> you know, not much. Right. So we're going to, we're going to, put him over here on the side and really sure, not sure. pay any attention to right, him. Right, right. He's not really a value to society, you know? And that's one of my problems with AI because I just don't think we, well, I know that we're human beings and our past does not necessarily predict our future. Right, for sure. we can change that. We can change that. Yeah. Not AI. Right, right. That's fantastic. 
So if you were to go back and talk to your 20-year-old, maybe not so studious self, <laughs> there may be some people listening to the show who might resemble right. uh, that yes. at some level. What advice would you give yourself? Um, one, one that I'm happy, I don't know if this is advice, but I'd say, you know, I'm proud of you that um, I think you're a good person. You don't hurt people. You know, mm. you don't rob people or, you know, that mm. type of thing. Um, I'm glad that you don't take life too seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was my, my problem. I still don't take life too seriously. Mm -hmm. But back then, I didn't take it. It was even less at all. serious. <laughs> it was even, even less serious. <laughs> but um, it would be everything's going to work out. Don't stress over it. It's yeah. going to work out. Right. You know, um, I think like you and I, uh, you were born in America, right? right? Right. I mean, we already won the golden ticket by right. being born in America. Right. Um, you know, I heard a great quote that if if tonight you sleep in a bed with sheets with a roof over your head and you've drunk clear water mm. and had food, you're in the top 1% of the world. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. So I don't take things seriously. I try and be grateful for everything. Gratitude. That, okay. yeah, yeah, that's ever happened. And I know that... Um, it's not, I don't use the word disabilities, but you, I know you have some, um, not even issues, but you know, you've had to overcome oh, yeah. some great things, you know, right. some things. Right. And I don't know if you were put into that AI formula. No, it wouldn't back, have been a lot back coming then, out of there, they were right? said, this guy, you know, he yeah. might become the manager yeah. at yeah. McDonald's where yeah. this guy, yeah. he's not going to go anywhere yeah. with the fry cook. <laughs> You know, but look what you've overcome. Right. You know, and, and, but you overcame it. Uh, people mm. helped you along the way. Sure, sure. I'm sure. sure. Yeah. But without you making that mindset mm. that, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm motivated to do this, you know, it's, it doesn't happen. No, there's no, there's, there's no doubt about that. Right. Do you take time? I mean, I know you take time, but everyone does things a little bit differently and process information, mm -hmm. make plans, get the clarity. Do you have a process of, you know, here's how I, I get the clarity, here's how I make plans, here's how I try to, to, to take ground, so to speak. Is there a way that a process you you like to do with that or to, a yeah, way to I, think? Yeah, I, I found out that as I well, I've sort of been like this a lot in my life, I like quiet. Mm -hmm. I, I just I, there's just too much noise in the world right now. Um, and, and so I like I like quiet and so when it's when it's quiet i can think or mm -hmm. not think mm -hmm. because i get some of the best ideas when i'm not thinking right you know so i like quiet i don't mind being alone by myself mm -hmm. in a quiet place or mm -hmm. you know just doing something by myself mm -hmm. quiet so um I, I just think that that the environment we're in right now we are just bombarded with so much data information you know on my phone i get i get a fox news alert i get a cnn news alert right. i get a new york times news alert you know i'm not i'm not the president of the united states right right you know does it, does it really affect me do i really need to know sure. every minute <laughs> right. what's going on right. in the world right 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 you know no so i just i just try and cut those things out that one i have no control over you know I, i'm Sorry that there's a war going on, 
you know, but I, I don't have any control over that. So giving me a Fox News alert, you know, or mm -hmm. CNN News alert mm -hmm. on how the war is going on, you know, is it something I really need to spend that much time with? I think I need to be aware of it, but, right. you know, um, I just think we, we have too much coming at us, right? you know, and we're not comprehending. And that's why I, I hate um, that term multitasking. Right. Because I I don't think I think human beings have enough problems doing one thing right. at a time, right. let right. alone yeah, focus, uh, yeah, focus, right. focus. And, yeah. and I, I I I live by this this saying is, and I I'm going to be teaching this to students. I said, we listen, but do we really hear? Mm -hmm. We look, but do we really see? Mm. And an artist does not just look or listen. They see and they hear, mm. and that's a difference. And you can develop that skill mm -hmm. as you know an artist. An artist can look at this studio and you and, and and the jacket and everything else and see things that a non-artist would just glance over. Okay, that's a turquoise jacket. Yeah, no, it looks like it was almost handmade, and it's got these prints in it and, mm. and all this other stuff, and it matches the shirt. You know, and mm. so it's just. You know, developing that creative mind, that artist's mm -hmm. mind, mm -hmm. is just paying attention. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a filmmaker or an accountant or an attorney mm -hmm. or a businessman. Mm -hmm. It's paying attention, mm -hmm. you know, being in that moment that they mm -hmm. say. Yeah, I, I read something maybe a month ago, and, and you may uh, agree with it. It was just it, it was an interesting thought for me. And it was about a person's ability to set in discomfort. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times... You know, it's our nature. Something's not going away. We want to solve it immediately. Mm -hmm. And they said the greater your ability to set in discomfort and think about something mm -hmm. and not try to have the first response, but a thoughtful response, the greater mm -hmm. your productivity and the higher the quality of your resolution. My guess, interesting yeah. because so many people are just you know fast, fast, fast. Right. And with, with, with media, actually, went on a media fast for a while, mm -hmm. and it was interesting to see. It was so hard at first. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I don't, I don't miss a lot of the noise. Right. And it right. was, it was fantastic right. over a period of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I think we've we've moved that even into um, health in the pharmaceutical industry. You know, mm -hmm. you have to take responsibility for your own physical health. Right. And I think people nowadays they want an instant relief from mm -hmm. that distress or whatever right. is causing it. And, then, and obviously, there's some medication that you should take. You know, but. But just popping pills because right. you have it right now. I have I'm talking about why I don't talk to old people. Right. All they do is tell there you we their, go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. There you go. So I woke up and I have tennis elbow somehow. Right. And it's very painful. Right. You know now, and I'm trying ther I'm trying therapies, physical therapies. It's not from playing own. tennis, right? Not from playing tennis. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, wait, yeah. I didn't even get the yeah. joy right. out of or this the exercise. Injury. Right. That's right. Yeah. Out of this yeah. injury. I just right. woke up. Right. And so I'm, I'm trying, you know, some, some yoga exercises and mm -hmm. things like that and, and putting, you know, salve on it and everything. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to be helping a little, but I'm pretty sure if I went to a doctor mm -hmm. and told him this, he said, well, we're going to put a shot mm -hmm. of cortisone in there. Right. And that should relieve it for around six months. But that's right. really, that's just relieving the pain. It's right. not treating the symptoms. Right. And then walking down the stairs two days ago, I stepped wrong and I pulled a calf muscle. Right, right, right. You know, right. so now I, I'm I'm in pain in my calf. I'm in pain in my in my, <laughs> my elbow. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. but you know, 
life is painful. It is. Yeah. Physically, spiritually, mentally. Right. And we just can't r run away from it because we see what happens to human beings when they want to run away from life. Right. They get on the street. They start shooting things into their arms and right. popping pills down their mouth. Right. And that's an escapism. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. Why is storytelling important? To me, it's the oldest way that humans have ever communicated. Mm. So in this class, again, I'm going to show a picture of cave art, mm. you know, and I said, why did they paint these animals on this cave? You think they were just bored? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You know? Hey, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, it was a story they were telling. Right. They were telling a story. Mm. And it's called narrative painting. And, and so that moved into, you know, even in the, in the Middle Ages, in the Renaissance, these pictures that were painted, mm. they're narrative paintings. If you really look at them mm -hmm. and study them, mm -hmm. like with their creative mind, mm -hmm. they will tell a story. Mm -hmm. And there are stories okay. right, behind right, right. these paintings right. where most people go into a museum and right. they look at a picture and they say, oh, that's pretty. You know, that's yeah. a real pretty picture. Yeah. Well, does it tell a story? Oh, I don't know. I just sort of looks like nice flowers. Right, <laughs> right, you know? right, right. But there's right. a story behind that. Sure. And so that's the way human beings communicate through stories. I mean, the whole world is set up on stories. What is the Bible? Mm -hmm. It's a story. It's, a, right. it's stories, Taught you know. Parables, right. And um, wars have been started over stories, mm. you know, dictators, all they do is tell stories about mm -hmm. how great life is going to be under them. Right. You know, so to me, storytelling is one of those powerful mediums. And then you combine that with the moving images of a film. Mm -hmm. Now you've got something that I think can motivate people, inspire people, scare people, okay. you know, whatever it is, but communicating and storytelling to me is is a human experience, you know. That's powerful. It uses, you know, a lot of our senses, our our voice, our ears, our right. eyes, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you 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 mentioned a few times about older people. About <laughs> no, no, I wasn't talking about no, you. No, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little <laughs> passive aggressive here now. So, so. I can handle the pain. Yeah, I can, I can handle the yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, you know, as you advance in years, you start thinking more about giving back, right, and about making a positive change, right, right, right. How do you think about giving back and are being remembered as? Which is, you know, it's interesting now because there are so many mediums that a person can be remembered through, mm -hmm. you know, video. Mm -hmm. You know, in the past, years ago, you were your ancestors were really only remembered maybe through some old black and white photographs mm -hmm. and letters, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, now we have, you know, this is what great-granddad had for dinner last night. You know, it's on a video, right, right, you know. Right. So th there's so many ways to be remembered. Um, but, you know, the, the thing, the interesting thing is um, I, I, it is important, I, I believe, to be remembered. But it's really, do you, how often do you think about Queen Elizabeth since she's died? Like? Like not. <laughs> like, like not. If I see well, she like died a, less than a year ago, right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Okay, here is one of the most influential, fa influential famous people in the world. Right. Right, compared right. 
compared to me, maybe not you, but compared to me, you know, (laughs) she knew a lot of people and a lot of people knew her and she did a lot of great things. Right. And who thinks of her now? Right. Right. You know, so it goes back to not taking life too seriously. Right. And I think that that, that people create a lot of stress that's unnecessary in their lives. They do. They do. Because the way you remember me, if I if I pass away first, and I hope you will remember me, but you might read Bert Hess died. Oh, that's a shame. He was sort of a nice guy. But three months from then, mm-hmm. you're not going to be thinking about me. And that doesn't mean you didn't like me, you didn't remember me, mm-hmm. but life goes on, right. you know? And and so I just want to focus not on necessarily how I'm being remembered, but how am I doing this Friday in front of you? Mm-hmm. Am I being nice to you? Am I being kind to you? Right. And, and, and that, that's, that, to me, that's more important right. than <clears throat> after I pass away, you know, how I was remembered. Yeah, I, I have an hourglass that I keep on my desk. Mm-hmm. And I don't think about it all the time. But if, once in a while, I'll, I'll look at it, and I'll, I'll actually purposely look at it and think about it. And it's, if, if you walk away from it, at some point, all the sand's on right. one right. side. Right. And you look at it metaphorically like the time mm-hmm. has been spent. Right. You know, how, what did you do with the time? What did you, right. If you turn it over, you're like, okay, there's there, there's time above right. sand and there's time below right. sand. Right. Sand, and you don't know you don't know really in life how much you have above. That's right. And most people spend time worrying about that's the sand that's already passed through. That's right. The hourglass, something they can't change. You can't change that at and all. It, it, right. You know, they're withholding forgiveness or withholding mm-hmm. uh, stress, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're hanging on to this. And yet what you're saying is focus on the sand that's actively right. going through right. the hourglass. Right. Because that's the only that's thing the only, you have that, control that, And that little narrow thing, right. that's not, don't worry about all right. the sand, you know, thing on that, that little narrow thing. Right. That's the only thing that uh, is worthwhile to focus on. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That's it. Well, thank you for storytelling. Oh, and, and thank you. And thank you for uh, g- g- giving back at, at, at Winthrop. Winthrop. Uh, if you want to share another another project you're working on, and one of the things I'd be curious is you learned, we learned through setbacks, and people always ask people that. But sometimes I say, what have you learned through a success? You know, is there a success you had that you learned from it? Mm-hmm. And um, I've actually personally found, uh, and I'll ask your opinion, is success the journey or is it the attainment of, mm-hmm. of it in your view? And how is that different? Yeah, I think it's the journey. Mm-hmm. The, not the event, because, um, you know, I was I was very financially successful when I had an IT company, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I thought I'm going to be so happy when I can buy a Porsche. Mm-hmm. So I bought a Porsche because I had the money to buy a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I was happy for you know a week or two that mm-hmm. type of thing, and the Porsche sort of well that's a Porsche, right? So right, you know, and then I would pass. A Lamborghini right. <laughs> or a Maserati, now that's and say, a, that's say "Now that's a car, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and right, you're just right. driving a stupid Porsche." Right, right. So, so I think it's the the journey that you've got to enjoy the journey more than the end goal. Right. First of all, the end goal might not ever happen. Right. You know, so you've got to enjoy it. Going back to my son in drawing, he enjoyed drawing. Right. You know, um, if he if he never became the producer and the head creative designer for Sonic the Hedgehog movies, I think he would still be drawing. Right. You know? Sure. And so um, 
you have to enjoy the journey. Uh, I think social media does a lot of good things, but also does a lot of bad things. Mm -hmm. it, it shows people, you know, it's it's the highlight reel in people's lives. And so you turn it on and you go, well, gee, you know, my friend's in Spain. Why am not? Why am I not in Spain? You right. Know, my friend's showing me his new car. Why don't I have a new car? You know, right. we we got to get out of judging our lives by right. someone else's life because we do not know what's really going on oh, in yeah. their lives. <clears throat> right. So uh, we just have to be grateful for our lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a grandmother who would say, "If you knew their problems, oh, you'd gladly keep right. your own." That's and, right. and that's really that, that's really true. So you mentioned something else about gratitude, mm -hmm. and that seems to be a, a big part of your life of being grateful for where you are, mm -hmm. what you have, and and having perspective that among the you know everyone in the world, you're you're in pretty good shape, mm -hmm. you know. Oh yeah. So how does gratitude impact your daily life? Greatly, uh, because I I realize I mean the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I, I, I give thanks that I woke up. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you right, know? right. I mean, right. you know, a lot of people don't wake up. There That's will be true. a lot of people right. that went to bed last night on this earth this is it. that did not wake up this morning. Right. So the first thing I do is I'm grateful I woke up. Right. You know? Um, and then, you know, I'm grateful for my health, even though I've had uh, one major heart attack. I've mm -hmm. got five stints. I've got... Um, uh, congestive heart failure. I've got heart damage. You know, I got a bad elbow. Well, forget to forget your, your. I think Wait, it's about your calf too, well, right? I shouldn't be grateful for yeah. anything yeah, here, right, Eric. Right. <laughs> I want you to feel sorry for me. Yeah. You know, but uh, because again, we we live in a country that gives us so much opportunities that if you know, we we should be grateful just. You know, forget about the political party or anything right, like that. Right, right. We should just be it's grateful nice. that, yeah. that we're not, you know, speaking German right now mm -hmm. because the war could have, World War II could have gone a lot different, you right, know. Right, right. Um, so I, I get up. I, I'm grateful that I wake up. I'm grateful to be here. You know, I, I just try and look at the, you didn't have to invite me to this, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I'm not going to make or break your podcast, mm -hmm. right. you know, but I'm grateful you thought about me yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. and invited me here. Mm -hmm. And so even little things mm -hmm. that, uh, that, uh, I just try and be grateful for them because I know that you can't just take them for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't really take anything for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, I sort of live by, by faith that, um, I just, you know, I just don't take things for granted. You don't want to take people for granted. Definitely. No, no, you know, no doubt. And so no doubt. I, I, I talk to a lot of people just like you do, and I, I appreciate them talking to me. It might mm -hmm. not go anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the deal might not happen mm -hmm. or whatever. But, uh, you know, I'm just grateful for, for them spending the some time. The opportunity. Yeah, because they didn't have to do that. Right. You know. Right. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, thank yeah. you for being here today, well, thank Bert. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. It's good to have you. It was fun. It was enjoyable. Thanks, buddy. Always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.